one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will do you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Exciting news. Far more exciting than Gareth Southgate's approach to the Euros. You can get the square ball thudding on your doormat and possibly scaring your dog in the process. Because 224? I think eight when you add the covers. Oh. With the heavyweight covers as well. Didn't somebody's pet get injured last year from our Don't, similarly sized... I mean, we just plugged Levi Solicitors. Let's not encourage people uh, about personal injury claims. Talking about our summer special, which is on pre-order right now, and it's a magnificent thing. You can choose from two different covers. One is Calvin Phillips. One is Rafinha. Calvin Phillips cover slightly outselling the Rafinha one now, so if you lean towards our little Brazilian maestro and you want to level the scores, you know what to do. Yeah, somebody was concerned that you might sign for scum this summer and it will end up being a regretful purchase but hey calvin phillips could do that too so you uh you pays your money you take your choice and um and it's only the cover you can tear it off and still enjoy the 224 pages of absolutely incredible writing and artwork that is contained within it's on sale now via our website and you can get it for eight quid plus postage and packing. Uh, we'll knock two quid off that for you if you are a TSB Plus subscriber as well. So if you want to have a look at that, that's on our website too. Thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Right, I'm going to throw some names at you now and you tell me, you shout the word in or out. We'll have like a call and response like some sort of hip hop gurus that we are. England. In. Scotland. Oot. <laughs> Wales. In. North Macedonia. Bless them. Out. Poland. But they seemed happy. They did they had a nice time. Jenny seemed to have a nice time. And Poland, obviously, um, Don't know. not sure yet at the time of recording. They'll be in. Click will save them. Uh, the Germans, um, likely second round opponents for England. Who else? Spain. Yeah, they'll go through as well. Right. Although, if they won't, if they'll insist on not playing Urente, then it's all irrelevant, isn't it? It's like Germany and Cock. They're not in the tournament, as far as I'm concerned, until they start picking Leeds players. And Liam Cooper. Pointless. Why did he bother? Well, exactly. It's why I would normally have a lot of sympathy for Scotland because obviously, you know, Eddie Gray was here last week and he's a big uh, supporter of Scotland. And um, well, why do you think that is? Because he's Scottish. Mm -hmm. And I've always, you know, I grew up admiring our midfield of Gary McAllister, Gordon Strachan, two Scots and a Welshman, Gary Speed and then David Batty representing England. So I was always very comfortable with all of our uh, brothers and sisters in the um, United Kingdom. 
But then Steve Clark and John Carver, the Leeds United management duo that never was, leave Liam Cooper on the bench. And quite frankly, I'm glad they went out. I kind of wanted Scotland to go through, but then they were they were far too pleased with that nil-nil, weren't they? So there was a little bit of me went pathetic when they lost yesterday, which is childish of me, I know. But they were there was far too much celebration, I thought, for a for a nil-nil draw that meant absolutely nothing. I don't know. I was thinking about that before they got knocked out, actually, in the way that the um, the game with England went, because I could understand it. And it's to the credit, in a way, because there's not the expectation you get with England, because one of the things that annoys me about England a bit is that they're going to win it this year. Football's coming home, isn't it? Whereas, you know, it's probably not, because you compare, you know, we pinned all our hopes on Jack Grealish. Oh, Jack Grealish, the next Gascoigne. And if it's not him, it's Phil Foden. It'll be fantastic. And you watch them against... Scotland, and you're like, ah, not really. And then Kevin De Bruyne just comes on for uh, Belgium against Denmark, plays, plays 20 minutes, wins the game in spectacular fashion, and he's like, can I come off? My face hurts. And there's a difference in, in class there, where Scotland, not going to win the Euros, but they're in a group with England, so make the whole thing about beating England, and it's perfectly fine. It Which they you, didn't. And so it gives well you some focus. Yeah, and it's kind of, that's where it kind of went wrong, but I could understand the celebration of the... Um, of the draw, of like, yeah, we got a good result and that might give us the momentum to go into Croatia. Didn't know, did it? Nah, it nah. didn't work out in the end. But I could I could understand and sympathise with the the aim. Having that as a target, I think it helps sometimes, although, you know, obviously they didn't win in the end, but if you think the, the whole England thing is very random, like, who do we want in the, in the second round? Do we want to play at Wembley? Are we going to finish third? Do we want to play this way? Who are we going to play? We're going to go through the final. Whereas Scotland, it's quite easy fuck it, we'll just do our best and try to beat England. And that's kind of its focus is useful sometimes. That's uh, Moscow right there speaking of Manchester United and Scotland. Um, where do you think the pendulum has swung with regards to the England hope slash expectation demands? Because we had everything raised up beyond all reasonable expectation against Croatia. It swung back the other way against Scotland when everyone got a bit fed up. First half last night against the Czechs was good, far more exciting. Second half, they played within themselves, which you would expect they've probably got a right to do, haven't they, given uh, that the group was essentially sorted. I was listening to a more reasonable podcast than this one on the way across. I was listening to the Athletics England podcast and they were more positive than I feel about it. They were sort of, they were saying this is how you win tournaments by not conceding goals. You kind of play your way into it and stuff, but... Boring. It is boring. Yeah, there's that. And also, I have that in the back of my mind that yeah, we, we we're not win. conceding goals because we've not played anyone decent yet. We've mm. played like a, an aging Croatia side where Luka Modric is still their best player despite being a 35-year-old central midfielder. And I think this playing within ourselves thing, it'll work against bad teams because we have better players. And as soon as we play someone with better players, we'll probably just concede some goals. Well, it was interesting last night hearing Sam Matterface, who was commentating, who I find him difficult to listen to sometimes, but I also don't want to trash somebody who does live broadcasting because it's not easy. He was saying that this is a deliberate ploy by Southgate and his coaches. They've looked at the people who've been successful in tournaments and they're saying that they are defensively solid. So they are the anti-Bielsas of it. And I think we were saying in the car, actually, weren't we, Moscow, on the way over, that I think it's harder to stomach as an Englishman and I feel more ambivalent about it just because we're so used to this diet of thrilling excitement at Ellen Road under Bielsa and to see this, well, essentially, we're playing like Crystal Palace at the minute and that's that's hard to love. Yeah, I was buying some stickers. That was one of the things we were doing. We were going from shop to shop trying to find stickers. When I finally found some, the lady in the shop there was saying, oh, I think first of all, she was like, aren't you a bit old for this? 
But then also we're saying, oh, I'm not really into football, but I'm watching England. Who do you think they'll get in? And I was kind of thinking, I wish England was a bit more exciting to watch for somebody like that. Because if you only watch football at the big tournaments, which is perfectly fair, people do. And then, you know, what are they actually getting? A ground out 1-0 win over the Czech Republic and that, well, they got a clean sheet. And it's kind of, if we do end up winning it, and I know it's the group stage and maybe it'll all spring into life in the, the knockout rounds and it'll be more exciting and things happen. But the team, if you were to look back at this squad from the perspective of history and we won Euro 2020 and you didn't see any of it because you were not born, you'd look through the squad and you go, oh, team with Jack Grealish and Phil Foden and Sancho and Sterling and Harry Kane, oh, I bet he must have scored loads of goals, mustn't he? And then... He had us, a shot. In the yeah. third game, he had a shot. Us old-timers who were actually there to watch it and we're just like, oh, well, no, actually, it's just, we, we just ground out a load of nil-nils, won on penalties every round because apparently that's how Germany did it in 1986. And then, um, yeah, we won. We scuffed a goal in extra time in the final and that was it. But we kept a lot of clean sheets. Harry Maguire was great to watch. I know. The problem is the ends always justifies the means, but doesn't do it? They, well, no, I know, but you, you end listen. up winning it. But then if you look back at it and just go, yeah, it was fucking boring. Yeah, but if we were to win it, and I'm, we are only talking theoretically here. And we're not. Go yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're going to win it. And I'm glad that's actually, that expectation has been tempered a little bit because we've not been that inspirational. But if, let's say, we were to win it, and in another two or three weeks, whenever the final is, we have a Sunday night where England, by some miracle, do lift the European Championship, you'd, you'd have a great night and you'd go, oh, oh all right, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but you'd remember that night, wouldn't you? The streets will be full of people who don't like football celebrating an England win. It's already like that now. Yeah, I keep hearing the you know you know people who don't watch who don't go to football games, but they hear football chants. They think that the way to make a football chant sound like you hear off the telly is to do a football chant voice. So it's What's, what does that sound like? Give us an example. Hurricane, hurricane. <laughs> the reason it sounds like that when lots of people sing is because lots of people are singing Harry Kane, and but you put it all together and it becomes Hurricane. But instead, it starts people who don't go to football start it from that point of view where they'll, they'll be on their own and they'll be going, Hurricane! Right. Hurricane! So the, the single voice is imitating the, the sound of the group. It's yeah. a little bit and then you, you get guys, a group, And then you get a group of them together doing all that and it sounds horrendous. So You, you live in a student bit of Leeds, don't you? Yeah, so the, it's... Um, so it's work, made worse. Like 5, 5 a.m., uh, <laughs> rugby fans suddenly celebrating um, rugby union fans even suddenly celebrating soccer results and it's all a bit um, yeah I'm not sure <laughs> let's get naked and drink some piss yeah I'll be quite happy to avoid and England. set fire to one another happy that's to, what they uh, do isn't it happy Absolutely. to avoid England winning anything just so that none of those people can have any fun <laughs> I know I know it's, it's sporting snobbery but um, I might have said before I lived with the rugby fourths captain what does that mean well, so there's like four teams. And so there's the first team, which is dead good, and some of them went on to play for like Newcastle Falcons. All oh, right, so like it's just it's like the piss heads. The fourth the is, shit team. Yeah. Is it all about what job you end up in government? Is that how it's it? <laughs> essentially? But I, I did witness the old setting fire to toilet paper in each other's ass cheeks nonsense. It's, it always baffled me. Should, maybe we should get into it. Maybe it's a good laugh. We, well, we've got cameras in here now, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, the building that we're in is not ours. Uh, I'm, I can't imagine that an impromptu fire would cause any issue. We can do it in the car park, take a camera out. Once um, we've explained it, I'm sure they would be fine with it. <laughs> put, put a poll on Twitter. Who's, um, <laughs> who's asked, do you want to see you get burnt first? <laughs> anyway, stickers, uh, we've got some more. I've just opened my first set. Do you want me to uh, run through? I've got the excitement I've got. I want somebody to explain this to me because that's, my um, sticker that's a, pack... It's, it's a security tag, is that, so you oh, can't steal them. Right. 
there's, been, not, there's not one of those in every pack, is there? I don't think there so. There was in this one. I've been picking away at it going, is this some kind of like special, have I won a prize? It's one of those... Oh, I've got one in this as well. It's, it's either... Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I, th- I think it might be a Bill Gates thing, so I'm going to eat it. Okay, yeah. It, well, I was going to say it's either the, um, the gel that they use to stop them getting moist or whatever. It's like an, an absorbent pad. Or it's a metallic thing to stop you stealing them. I can't tell from over here. Anyway. Speaking of metallic things, I've got another shine. Brilliant. A France fucking swap already on the shine. I had one of them last is time. Is it a French, France badge, is it? Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm just having a look to see if I've got any Frenchmen. I haven't. I've got a Hungarian, a Russian. I've got the Hungarian group shot, which is a lot of men with their arms around one another, a bit like the old rugby force. And then a double split vertical Germany pair of Joshua Kimmich and Tony Cruz. And then I'm... I'm testing myself to try and learn how to speak some of like the Euro- uh, the Ukrainian and Russian names by the end of this tournament. Yevgen Makarenko, I can do that one. I've got Stephen O'Donnell of Scotland. I've got a Finn, Paulus. Have we already had O'Donnell as or well? Or a jury. No, he's, well, he's not in the... Uh, by the way, in here. I looked at the way you've put some of those stickers in, by the way. Oh, they're not straight. Absolutely appalling. It's difficult. Are you a psychopath? Talking. What are you doing? All right. Some of them are, some of them are completely outside of the lines. Deal with this. <laughs> Now, how do you feel? You've, now, got, you've got a fin on your head. It's like you're like a shark. Now that I've stopped. Okay. <laughs> What's his name? Um, I'm trying me. to find him on the the album so I can say. He is Paulus Arajuri. <laughs> and I was a bit confused because he looks a lot. in. He looks like how I think Timo Puki looks. And so I was just checking he's not the same person. It's like a, a naming convention, but not Timo. Oh, it's, it's nice little, That's his own thing. Nice little play on words for you here. I've got a, a guy called Attila uh, Fiola who plays for Hungary and all the countries are abbreviated to three letters. So it says Hun for Hungary. I've got Attila the Hun. Nice. You're right, Hun. You You're go. okay, Hun. I am. Moscow, here you go. There's some more stickers for you. I've got, I've got Jonathan That's Williams of Wales as well. He was, he was in the... Did you ever watch the Sunderland Netflix documentary? He was in that just looking really sad because he was injured the whole time. Bless him. Um, oh, I've got... Who, who have you got? Attila? Mm. I've got him as well. Oh, it's a different Attila. You've got a different oh, Attila. Oh, I've, I've got a different one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Two Attilas then. Nice one. Well, um, this one and is, I've, got, uh, I've also got up Meccano from uh, from France. He's going somewhere, isn't he? Has he gone somewhere? Meccano? Up in Meccano. Oh. I think he's... he's was he up, going to Liverpool? Oh, by, by Munich sign him. I can't remember. He's gone somewhere. Up in Meccano? That's the, the one. the lower Meccano. And I've also got uh, Harris Seferovic, which is nice. Hey, just thinking about um, Jenny Ayoski and having gone home, they got hammered by the Netherlands. But Jenny went on a nice boat trip around Amsterdam, which I'm sure he enjoyed. I mean, I, I can't imagine that would be, that'd be a sensible thing, putting him on a, a boat. But uh, Did you see the video of him singing Baby Shark as well in the middle of a group of people? <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I'm not sure of the context of it. I think it must be on Instagram or something, but it was they were on the pitch. And, and now, he was, now the Baby Shark music's going around in my head. Why have you done that? And he was in the middle of it, and I think it was him who started it. <laughs> Uh, which makes sense what I like is that I mean him losing to the Netherlands would have been our last memory of him you know if if assuming he goes in the next week because his contract's up in about another week's time but at least now how now we've got the, the Burnley verdict in you know about the silly comedy face that that now could be our abiding memory of him how the last thing that he did for Leeds United was to get exonerated for doing a, a childish face Attila uh, Cesarli of Hungary is already a double as well <sighs> We've got a huge amount of doubles. So there are like 700 stickers in this. We're not doing that bad. In this we're still in thing. single figures, but that's because we've been opening them quite slowly. It's a, um, it's a crybaby gesture. It's yeah. official now. That's its official term, a crybaby gesture. He was also on Instagram. He put a picture up because, you know, it was Pandev's last game. <laughs> Did you see it, Moscow? Yes. Where he, made it look a, he made it look a lot like Pandev had died. Right. He's looking down from the sky, wasn't he, with <laughs> yeah. um, Alioski is looking at arms 
raised up. And that's kind of what I was meaning about. They don't seem too bothered about getting knocked out. A bit like Scotland, just happy to get there. Yeah. Qualifying was a big achievement. And then scoring a goal and the fact that it was Pandev who scored the goal is exactly what they want, really. And um, the fact that they couldn't get much further is a shame. You know, nobody goes and just goes, well, it's nice to turn up. But I think if there was a, a team there that was happy just to turn up, it was. They were a Nations League qualifier as well, weren't they? So it was, they kind of got in a bit through the back door anyway. So it was, it was I think they genuinely were just delighted to have, to have reached it. Yeah, and it was the target. The target for this kind of, the project that they were trying to achieve was qualify for the Euros, was kind of the big thing to tick off that they've never done. I think they want to try and keep that going, get to the World Cup is kind of the next thing. And the, then, um, imagine Gianni Alioski at Pandev's age still playing and he can be the one in the sky looking down, but he'd be more like, he'd be like the uh, the baby in the sun on Teletubbies, wouldn't he? Him looking down, happy. That investigation, a thorough investigation, said the FA about Gianni. You think it was sarcastic? I mean, the whole thing, we said at the time, didn't we? If that's the limit of what it is, if it's just that, if no words have been exchanged, if it was just the gesture, it just does feel like a monumental waste of time. And again, we've got to the end of the process and it feels like a monumental waste of time. We know that they've done a thorough investigation and they're duty bound to investigate stuff because that's what they have to do. They have to do due process to get through stuff. But it all just still feels like a monumental waste of time. Another Burnley FC player accepted referring to Arielovsky as a crybaby and a further Burnley FC player stated that he believed Arielovsky was acting childishly. Like, do, do you need... Do you need interviews to tell you this? And let's face it, that would have been interviews in the presence of lawyers. Yes. You know, and you think that about the bill for this. Did it, you, I mean, he wasn't there in person, was he? It wasn't like one of these where he'd... Will he've had, will he, will ask, Arielovsky have spoken to someone? Maybe by video link? They'll have done it over Zoom or something, won't they now? Yeah. Anyway... It's good that he's not left us with a racist gesture because that would have that would have slightly tarnished things, wouldn't it? But no one, I don't, I don't think we ever, we were never worried, were we? No, no. Like the Kiko Casilla thing, right from the off, it felt that felt like something had gone down, and it was yeah. You could, uh, we we kind of held off from saying much on that. Whereas this one, we were like, I think it's fine. You could see in the reaction on the the Kiko one that when you look at the the moments it happened, you see the two players in earshot turning round and walking with their arms out while the game is going on. What have you just said? Whereas this was, um, I did say at the time that it really needed just sorting out and the needs, maybe the FA and the football league, because they had to, the FA had to attach to their statement, the big thing about, look, you know, the, the, there's nothing in this, but do keep reporting things. It's important that the, the channels are there for people who actually are victims of racist abuse in football or homophobic abuse in football, any kind of abuse in football to come forward and tell us so we can investigate and take action. And they have to do that because this one was so silly that they're like, look, we don't think there was anything, you know, this wasn't malicious, and but it turned out to be nothing, but you need to keep coming to us. They need some kind of process where, as a first touch, you get in the room with the, the referee and whoever from each club and you just see if it can be sorted out in the room. Right, what happened? What's the story here? To be fair, it, it does sound like they spoke to them in, in immediately at full time, doesn't it? That was part of the report that, yeah, the, that they, they were spoken to at the ground, which is the thing you advocated for when we spoke last time. Given how the nature of the gesture, got, uh, they should have just told him to stop telling tales, whoever it was. <laughs> how it then still got escalated to the point that it got to is um, is a, a weird one. It, it, it maybe needs that. Because the referees have a certain amount of power in stadium situations and they have the, the observers there and fourth officials and everybody to decide whether this needs further investigation or not. If that could have just been, because it sounds like the interviews when they got to them were just, 
have a look at that video. What's he doing? And yeah, it's crybaby thing, isn't it? Yeah. What's he say? Well, he says it's crybaby thing. All right, well, we're better. not not bothered with this anymore. So it felt like it could have been done a lot easier. And that was the lesson of the actual Geekokasia one, that it shouldn't have taken six months when it was um, it was pretty obvious when you read through the, the evidence that he didn't have a, any got, kind I've of argument. A, I've got a Scotsman. I've got a Scotsman. I've opened my next pack. Um, the Welshman's a double as well. We've got two Jonathan Williamses. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Cooper's coming back. I can't be the only person, quite apart from the, you know, the England-Scotland rivalry aspect of it. I'm just thinking, I'm just glad he's just coming home so he can have a little bit of a rest before the hard work starts. Just come home, put your feet up for a bit. You don't need to be mincing around in Europe doing this. Just get home, put your feet up, have a rest. Well, I suspect being on Scotland duty is a bit like a holiday anyway because the training's not going to be as difficult as it is as being stuck at Thorpe Arch, constantly just legging it round a, a running track. So. Going out, swelling buck fast and all that kind of stuff, whatever it is. Uh, I think that's what they do, isn't it, the Scots? Yeah, that's, that, that's the sort of thing. Yeah, the big... <laughs> that and heroin. Big into the pair of them. It is telling with Calvin Phillips not getting subbed off for Jordan Henderson. There's been a like, kind of debate about what that means. Does it mean that he's resting Declan Rice so it can be Rice and Henderson in the next round or all this? I think it's just that he's fitter than any of them. Yeah, so he, he just he keeps can, going, doesn't he? Yeah, he can play. And um, it is interesting, I suppose, because Gareth Southgate, every chance he gets, does play Calvin Phillips every game, all game. Like, And that's been going on for a while, even before the tournament. He's not just kind of... He didn't have win that first cap in Iceland and then... Denmark, I think it's first, wasn't it? But by and, the then, line. and then disappear. It was... Um, he won his first cap and he's just stayed in the team... Ever since, we kind, it's kind of, he's, he's set and forget, isn't it? Is you can just put, as he said, he's, I think his comments were instructive the other night. You can just rely on Calvin, just put him out there, and he'll and he'll give you at least seven out of ten every time. And you know his fitness is going to be absolutely not a problem whatsoever. And kind of you 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 look at him and you look at Harold of Kane, and they're uh, very much at opposite ends of the spectrum of kind of the condition that they seem to have come to the tournament in. He was marginally improved, wasn't he? Kane? He had a shot. I thought he was. He was at least involved a bit. He lumbered. <laughs> he did. He did. I, I, the thing I found watching England Some yesterday... Some aggressive lumbering. Just, my just, Scotsman, by the way, it was Kieran Tierney. I'll pass him over. There you go. Oh, OK. Just to go back to it, like, I mean, the goal that was scored was basically because Saka picked up the ball and decided to run with it, which no one else bothered doing most of the game. Like, he just ran... He, he picked it up fairly deep and just set off forward. I think that's what I found most difficult with watching England. I think Calvin probably struggles a bit with it as well because he gives it to a fullback who has got 15 yards of space they could run into, but they don't. They just stop and then turn and then give it to a centre-back and then give it back to him and then he tries it again on the other side and the same thing happens. Whereas yeah. with Leeds, you know Luke Ayling will get it and just set off. Yeah. And it, people seem unwilling to give it to Phillips in some tight positions that we're used to him receiving the ball in as well. Like they don't, I guess maybe because they don't play together that much, but I feel like Liam Cooper trusts Calvin to receive the ball in a really tight, bit of space in midfield and do something with it whereas do the, England, p- do the pivot that he's there for yeah. England always seem to want someone to be stop. in like 20 yards of space before they're willing to give the ball to him and it, I think that just do contributes to a, a real safe like, well, do you remember that, that back pass that Phillips did um, to Pickford mm. that ended up ro- rolling out for a corner and he did slightly mishit it but I think if that's Leeds Melier is, is ready to receive it Melier and, loves that kind yeah, of and, thing and knows that they'll be willing to play out of that tight area whereas I think Pickford is just is not on the same wavelength I'm not saying he's not as good as a keeper with his little T-Rex arms. If you have the opportunity to have a go at me, I'm just sticking Scott McTominay in on uh, one of his half-and-half half stickers. Your boy. My boy, But the, yeah, it's, it's true what you were saying, because I, I noticed Phillips picking it up once or twice in some tight areas centrally and actually getting to pop those passes off out to the wings, but it just didn't happen often enough. Mm-hmm. So 
The but thing again, about um, England against Croatia, and you touched on Sam Matterface and how I noticed it at the end of his commentary, he was trying to really build it up. He was giving it a lot of, well, there's been a lot of questions answered tonight. The uh, the improvement in performance, this has been much more exciting than some of what we were seeing in uh, the earlier games. And you could tell Lee Dixon was kind of, I think you might be, yeah, I think you might be overstating this a little bit. And when I was thinking about it, he was talking about the first 15 minutes when Sterling hit the post and then Sterling scored from what was, you know, quite an exciting goal. And then after that, there was just absolutely nothing. But it's um, it it was just enough. As well, we saw some excitement here tonight. Harry Kane had a shot, and, the- and his first shot went out of Wembley more or less as well. I know he had one on target later on, but the first shot in the he had in the game was absolutely laughable. And the bar just felt very low. And it is because there's lots of um, you know, all the Grealish uh, when Jack Grealish had the camera on him when he was putting his shoes on against uh, Scotland and he's looking his around, shoes. Going, all the yeah, all the people are like cheering him and he's going to come on and save the day and he came on and he didn't save anything. He won some free kicks. And then again, it was similar against um, the Czech Republic because he, he starts the game and he, you know, he looks good and he, he, he set the goal up, got the assist and I was like, oh, look at Jack Rose, but you kind of think you need to look at players in the last 10 minutes of a game. I'd been subbed off by then, I think, but how they end the game is as important as how they begin it. Oh, look at how you've just put that one in. Look at well, that. I'm making, look at that. A, I'm making a, a detailed and serious point about the uh, absolutely dreadful the, about the England uh, national football team, and it's all very well, you know. Are you drunk? Doing that? Yes. Um, it's all very well doing that at the start of the game, but you know, so I can't believe how wonky, you, wonky that is. I'd, I'd take that out and re- and replace it with a new one. What difference? You're talking about uh, Moscow, the stickers. Both. What difference is he going to make in the closing stages of a game when you know he's just kind of got bored and isn't doing anything anymore? I think I might have had the open my best quality of player pack of stickers here anyway because I've got a good batch of Germans. I've got Emre Chan and Julian Draxler on one sticker. I've got Neuer. Julian Draxler once linked with us many times. Yeah, I've got, I've got Neuer and uh, Matthias Ginter on the other one. And I've got a Ruben Neves, Diogo Jota sticker. Then I've got a Welshman, Danny Ward, who's, who's done all right, actually. He's been very good, He's been actually. good in there. Yeah. And then Jonathan Tarr. Jonathan Tarr? Jonathan Tarr. Jonathan. Hey, I've got Thanks, two, I've got two English. Calls him. I've got two Englishmen. I don't think I've seen many English. I have a, players, I, I have a Kieran Trippier for you, and no, I mean, he's not one of the best ones. And a Tyrone Mings. Is it Trippier that Man United are sniffing round, and he's thirty years old, and they want about forty million for him to uh, Atletico? Yep, I hope they pay it. I think I, I do as well because that is ridiculous money, isn't it? Like there, there is a, genuinely a, a Man United tax for all players. I, I, I mean, got, do, do you uh, feel that like your club's getting ripped off, Moscow? I got Donnarumma. He was my good sticker in the last batch, so I've put him in. It's um, good that he's he's got a PSG now, hasn't he? As well, which Don- is good because it means Melier doesn't have to. Yeah, Donna Rummer sounds like a uh, a disco artist. It's Donna Summer. Ah, of course. Are you there's, there's Tyrone Mings looking steely and Kieran Trippier. There you go. Thank you. Tyrone Mings has been all right. I know he didn't play yesterday, but I have to this say, is his best game. He came on, didn't he? I have to. Yeah, he did. Of course, he did. But I have to say, he's been fine because at the start of the tournament, I thought he's probably our worst player. But he's actually done all right. He's slightly worrying, though, in the sense that it looks like he's got a madness in him at any given time. Mm. That's what I was saying about you know the comparisons with Urente. Urente's madnesses are fun, though, and technical, whereas Tyrone Mings's are uh, possible GBH. You'd take Urente and Melier over Mings and Pickford any day, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. But three clean sheets, that's what we all t- tuned in to, to see. I do. I have started for this podcast and got in the habit of making some notes whilst watching games. And I did do it for the England game yesterday. I just didn't bother bringing them in because the second half, the only things I wrote down were substitutions. Because 
because nothing happened. Normally with a Leeds game, you're writing some every five minutes. There's like you'd be like, oh, there's that one where a Dallas, chance, Dallas chance, broke, yeah. and we, if it did, the cross had made made it into the box, we might have scored or whatever. Nothing happened in the half. It was so so boring. It was making, um, making notes on Bielsa's Leeds United forced me to try and learn learn shorthand. <laughs> That's how exciting it was because I couldn't write down everything that was happening before something else had happened. So I was like, right, I need to go and learn. Um, I, I know I've got little symbols. I've adapted it from the uh, from whatever the the version is about eighteen ninety when it was all coded. But I've got like shot and volley and save and chance and stuff. I like to think that you're drawing little stick men. I've thought about that, whether it's easier to kind of just um, have a, a picture of a pitch and draw on what happened in a little diagram form, but then I, I realised probably, I mean, it would be better if I could just remember things. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're still in a no Tyro, no party situation with Wales. That, again, feels like a bit of a monumental waste of time, doesn't it? Why is he gone? He should come home. I know it's a squad game and he might be needed in future, but he should just come back and have a rest, shouldn't he? They don't deserve him, do they? Saving him for the final. Maybe they do deserve him. I, I must admit, I thought he'd have had at least a kick. Let him on. Don't be so mean. He'd have finished that chance that Bale missed. What, the penalty? Well, <laughs> yes. You mean the volley as but well. But then also that he had that really easy chance to uh, to make everything absolutely fine and he just... Did he blast it over the bar or did he just kick it straight at the keeper? It was rubbish anyway. Put it, he put it over, didn't he? Yeah. I've, yeah. Speaking of um, Wales, they've got Denmark next and I've got a Dane, Mastikas, Yannick Vestergaard, who looks magnificent. He has magnificent hair. So I'm going to pass him over to you there, Moscow. I always like to see... Uh, I mean, oh yeah, it's long and uh, and blonde, isn't it? Interesting challenge for Wales now because they're not kind of the cutesy darlings of the tournament because obviously because of what happened to Ericsson, everyone kind of back in Denmark now. Uh, I don't think they've ever been cutesy darlings, have they? Probably interesting. Well, we are. We're speaking the to the country um, of the manic street preachers. We're speaking to uh, to Bryn Law on the Phil Hayes. Oh, he's a cutesy darling this week. So it'd be interesting to get like a Welsh point of view and find out also why is Tyler not playing? Is it if the answer is because they've got better players? I don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> yes, we need to do a swap deal for Kiefer Moore. 
stickers wise, I have a, a Spaniard, Eric Garcia. I wonder if is that any relation to Mrs. Pablo, Mar Garcia, also related to Sergio Garcia, the golfer, uh, and Andy Garcia. Yep, probably, um, and some others who I can't <laughs> think of right now. There you go, the famous Garcia family. I think I've got the happiest sticker so far, uh, Lorenzo Insigni. I think we might already have him, Italian chap. What number is he? Uh, thirty. This sticker, number 30. Right at the front, and I've also they? got one of those vertical half and halves in Andrea Bellotti and Federico Chiesa, so I'll pass them over. Uh, we don't have him, oh, we so don't. yeah, go. that's good. I'll stick him in while I've got the page open at whatever angle I desire. Federico Chiesa, well, actually, have we had Casper Schmeichel yet? Uh, I've got vague memories of seeing his face. I'm just trying to wonder if um, if he's going to be the first, Chiesa might be the first sticker who I've also had a sticker of his dad at some point. <laughs> but you know, if, if Casper Schmeichel's already beaten him to it, then uh, I'm sure he's pretty gutted about that. Given that my first sticker book was Mexico 86, I am terrified to think about the generations, multiple generations I will have uh, I will have had in my yeah, sticker book. Father and son, you have uh, Wayne Lineker and Gary Lineker in that so in that case. What number is Casper uh, Schmeichel? Normally wears number one, I think. Yes, yeah, sticker number, you clever dick. Well, how would we know? It'll be on the back of his... I assumed you had him. No, no, I'm oh. saying I, th- I thought we might have already had him. Is what I meant. And I Just thought you'd, I knew you'd have remembered him because of the scum links. Not helpful whatsoever. Right, Group B's, they're after Belgium. Who do you think's having the nicest holiday at the minute? Because that's the other... We an- don't have Casper Schmeichel. The antidote to the Euros is seeing like, for example, Luke Ayling is on holiday with Kyle Bartley at the minute with wives, girlfriends, families, children, all that kind of um, kind of vibe. They've That'll got some be, good inflatables. Uh, have you seen it? I don't know if they've, they've rented a villa and then got the inflatables separate, but that looked good. That'd be fun. You're going to get into the um, inflatable rental business. <laughs> I just want some. Although I suspect yeah. if you earn like 40 grand a week, it's probably a bit easy to afford these this kind of thing. But I mean, that's probably the holiday I think I'd, I'd most fit in on. Your mm. Pontefract backyard. You, well, hold on a minute. What part of Luke Ayling and Kyle Bartley, these beautiful toned <laughs> athletes lounging in the sun in their private villa with their um, hugely expensive dream uh like inflatables that you can only imagine ever owning do you think oh yeah that's i'd they'd want me there with them i'd fit in no just because they look to be sat around more i mean jackie harrison's looks like a load of hard work and and Giancarlo Paveda, you're not fitting you're not going to jamaica are you and grinding against ladies i mean not without a, a charge probably no so yeah i mean his holiday looks great i have to say it's great just how much taller than him all those women are <laughs> that's what i really took from that the uh the cornrows in his hair, that looks fine. His dance moves, he seems to be, he's, he's got that. And um, yeah, he's, how, how he's is, certainly... How old is he? Is he 21? Yeah. He's I mean, what a time he must be having. Oh, yeah. It's the best I mean, time ever. I know in the last one we did say, oh, he seems to be doing some exercise and stuff. I've noticed the exercise videos seem to have... <laughs> he seems to have he's, find, he's finding his, his cardio elsewhere, is what I'm <laughs> yeah. going to suggest he's maybe up to. But he's... His um, heart rate is still high. <laughs> he's, he's doing... He's having a nice time anyway, so... I'm sure he's going to come back refreshed or um, riddled with diseases. <laughs> well, it it, uh, it was a very good idea for the Happy Mondays to go out there, wasn't it? So I'm sure he'll have the um, uh, similar results from his, his break in the Caribbean. Yeah, and as for Jackie, he's gone from I being al- on holiday with his girlfriend, which I imagine they probably did exercise for about two-thirds of the day anyway. I almost I almost dislike him. I know we were talking about this before. I've got to a point of disliking his commitment to his job. <laughs> Oh, fucking turn it in, Jackie Christ. You're on holiday. Do what Pervader's doing. Have a nice time. Stop doing stuff that hurts. No, I mean, he's, it is very impressive. 
in fairness, that he goes out and he does this every single summer. As if as if working ridiculous, as if working so hard for the the other ten months of the season isn't enough for him. So yeah. At least he gets to do it in some nice places. He's not our player still, is he? Yeah. Not for not for another week. You know, he still belongs to Man City for another week. Did you see that tweet? I apologize, I can't give credit. It said he got the uh, he was the top performing Manchester City midfielder in (laughs) Fantasy League. Which is um that's I think that's where that risk has come from. Whereas, oh, why well, City decide to keep him? They can't. It's all fine. He is ours. They're not going to swap him for Jack Grealish. He will be playing for us soon. Who do you want to sign from the Euros? Bernardo Silva, purely because I've just got his sticker in front of me. He's good, isn't he? He's a good player. I mean, we don't need a right back, but I've quite enjoyed Dumfries just for the name apart from anything else. But I've enjoyed his popping up in the box as a right back. I think that would fit in quite nicely at Leeds. But I mean, we've already got a right back. It's so. impossible to think of the word Dumfries without Galloway, isn't it? It really is. But I don't think we should sign George Galloway. He's probably a bit old for that now. Mm. We're not getting um, Rodrigo de Paul. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, it's not confirmed yet, is it? And also, you know, there is a the inside track. Um, there's no higher authority that we could uh, take linking him to Leeds than this. So I don't know why. I don't know where you're getting your information from, but everything I'm seeing from the the, the people who are really in the know says it's all but confirmed. <laughs> uh, just thinking about the the potential swap there with Atletico Madrid is Kieran Trippier at 30 years old going out for a price about the same, if not slightly more, than uh, Rodrigo de Paul coming in, who is one of the world's finest midfielders at the minute. Well, it's certainly a lot better than Scum just giving the money to Udinese for Rodrigo de Paul, which yeah, they, yeah. Could, they could probably do. And to explain my confidence as to why he's going to be coming to Elland Road, David Norris has claimed that the rumours surrounding Rodrigo de Paul and Leeds would have been instantly shut down if he didn't want the transfer so David Norris thinks he's coming. It does feel like David's a year behind the curve. Uh, the fact that. that has happened and it's still got legs to it definitely means there's still an interest from the player. This is direct quotes from David Norris. And there's clearly massive interest from the club, which, as we know, every time it's been mentioned to Angus Kinnear or Victor Orta, they've said, we absolutely don't want him. So David Norris, <laughs> real, uh, yep. If, if only there was some sort of record that had been created where they were saying he's not coming to lead. Somebody, somebody in a position of... Influence. Well, you're not denying it, are we? No, <laughs> no that, is, that is what's happening. Wow. There's clearly massive interest from Leeds. So he would have known of Leeds' interest before it came out to all of us. So, yeah, so David Norris thinks he's coming and it's not all to do with just some uh, somebody from a fanzine just idly tweeting somebody constantly. Did you, um, you see Mateus Cunha was giving what was reported to be lead salutes in photos on Instagram. We've got a new Rodrigo de Paul now and Cunha's, is it Cunha's agent who's been talking uh, talking him up as well? We've got two, haven't we? Isn't there, because we've got another Nandes, South American Nandes as well, midfielder yeah. on the radar now, haven't we? So in, in Nandes, so. You see that Cunha was hanging out with uh, our mate Adrian, who, uh, Adrian, who was uh, flopping about on the floor in the lower reaches of the football league. And uh, anything that Adrian tells him, we just need to. We need to get that message. It's not like that anymore. The the madman has gone. We've got a different madman now, and he's much nicer. I've just stuck uh, Jason Denier into Jason the Derulo, then into the Belgium sticker. He's a um, he's look, he's a proper looking footballer, isn't he? He's long hair, with a big mullet, and a beard, and a stern expression. Jason Denier. Just trying to look where he actually is now. Old uh, Adrian seems to have. Been on loan and then signing for, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Ave Maria? Yeah. It's, he's it, back in Brazil somewhere. Yeah, I don't think he's in the um, the top divisions necessarily. It's not worked out the way we all hoped it would. Are you getting into the no signings 
cycle of panic yet? Or are you happy to wait? Because, uh, well, Graham Smith had an update for us, didn't he? He was saying in the next couple of weeks, we're looking at left back and midfielder should be sorted out and then winger to follow. It's fine. I'm not worried yet. They're not even back at pre-season. It's not on the horizon, isn't that? It's when the, it's when you can see players back at Thorpe Arch and you want all the the squad that will be to all be together, don't you, for that? But it, it seems miles off still, so it's fine. First week of the Euros as well, or the first stage of the Euros. Sorry, we're not even out of the groups yet. So, you know, somebody could still come through that we want to, you know, Carol Poborski is still there to be found. So it is all quite previous, but yeah, there's, there's ages yet. Even when um, Oliver Casey's been announced that he's going to Blackpool, it feels like they've kind of stretched that out as much as possible because it was sort, sort of revealed last week that's definitely going to happen. And then they've done the official announcement this week, but he's not actually signing until July the 1st. So they can announce it again there. And it's, that's kind of the stage we're at where um, uh, Joel Veltman, the uh, the beer, is about to uh, make his entry into the sticker book. So, that, you know, when you're having to string it out like that, it's just trying to feed desperation for people to have something to talk about. But nah, it's plenty of time. Hey, with reference to Thorpe Arch, new training ground, will we or won't we? Because we're not doing um, Matthew Murray, the old school site across the motorway junction anymore. No, sir. That's going to be where Park Life is to accommodate the expansion of Ellen Road. Pigeons. Yes, which means that we will be needing a new trading ground at some point before 2029 or to do something with reference to Thorpe Arch because that's when the lease runs out. My conspiracy theory on it was that we've arranged this already. We now have a deal with Thorpe Arch, but who knows? Well, wasn't you? I saw you talking about this when you're saying that we were trying to kind of play, we were using the threat of Matthew Murray to play hardball with the owners of Thorpe Arch. It was a theory, just because the owners of Thorpe Arch for years have been able to go, well, you need to stay here, don't you? Because what else are you going to do? And they go, well, we'll do this. I think you've been conditioned by Bates myself. That would be very, it's a different club now. We have a, because I was thinking about that and how um, we would then go from that to having used Leeds City Council's uh, park life scheme as leverage against a, a landlord and then go back to them and go, yeah, and uh, our planning permission for this 55,000 capacity stadium, that, that all right? It's not really. We're a Premier League club now. We can do what we want. We can boss the council around again. It is interesting how it's kind of come about because it is the. uh, It feels like the training ground has kind of dropped off the bottom of all the other issues with Matthew Murray because it's come. It's kind of the lead since Radrizzani came in. It's it's an interesting example of how they've been working because the whole time has been kind of underrating what we might do and then taking the temperature of how that works out and then going for the big thing. And it's not a bad thing, I don't think. But So it's a little bit like we went Thomas Christensen and Pierre-Michel Lasaga. And we're like, well, that's going to get us so far, so we'd better get Marcelo Bielsa and uh, Rodrigo and, um, and Pat Pamford as well, I suppose. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it's kind of like test and then go. And the um, the ground is one where they've kind of they've built this plan of like 45,000 capacity, we'll build a bigger West Stand, so we'll, we'll leave this... Um, amount of room between that and where Park Life was going to be, and then we'll build it. And then they've got into the the Premier League, and the 49ers have come along. And they've gone, you know, we could just do fifty five thousand. And then that's why um, they've had to move it back. And the um, and then trying to find somewhere for Park Life to go, and whether it could be reconfigured on that site. And then they've said, well, why don't we it sh- on top of the West Stand? <laughs> why do we shove it over there where the training ground was going to be? And then like, okay, well that solves that problem. And then the next question is, yeah, where's the training ground going to be? And, I suppose the training grounds as well was going to be a little bit, a little bit small and pissy, 
at that site. It did feel quite cramped. Man, yeah, have you seen Leicester's? Like Leicester have got a new one that's mm. they're basically taken over the Leicestershire. site. It's a yeah. Well, it's the site of a former golf club, isn't it? Which means they've retained a nine-hole golf course on their <laughs> uh, on their new training ground, so Jamie Vardy can run round a bit and do his training on the morning, and then go. Uh, Swing the old uh, golf bats. I think that's what they're called, isn't it? It, d- it did always look quite tight up there compared to when you looked at like Man City or something on a on an aerial view and then you you kind of superimposed that over the Matthew Murray site. You were having to knock down like half of Holbeck and a motorway to fit that size of a thing in. So It does say and, something about the, the two cities, that point, Leeds and Manchester. Leeds suffers a little bit in this respect for having been quite good at redeveloping over the years. Because Manchester City were able, or their owners were able, to just go in and build an absolutely huge training complex in what is essentially an inner city site, similar to where Elland Road is um, in terms of like geography and demographics. Because it was a fucking shithole, and there was fuck all there, and nobody had done anything there for 50 years. So it was very easy to go and buy it cheap and build whatever they wanted. On a huge they did also have unlimited money. Well, yeah, exactly. But so the sovereign wealth of Abu Dhabi. Is but helped. the space is there. But if you look around South Leeds and Leeds in general, yeah, there's big areas that are undeveloped. But a lot of it's there's not a, a big area like that that has just been fucking ignored. It's what people always moan about the the Marion Centre in Leeds. But when that was built, it was kind of the most modern shopping centre anywhere in Europe or the world. Whereas Manchester now, and now it looks shit because it's, well, I don't think it looks shit, but it has a perception. It's like, it's just, it's, it's a shit because it's been there for 50 years. Whereas Manchester has benefited from, oh, Manchester's got the Northern Quarter and it's got all that urban living vibe and all the warehouses have been done up. And it's because the warehouses just stayed there until the 1990s with nobody paying any attention to them was occasionally burnt down and pretty fucking horrible full of rats. Whereas in Leeds, we're like, well, we can't have all these empty warehouses around. Let's knock them down and build some nicer things. And then those nicer things turned out to be not quite as nice as we wanted them to be. So we then have to deal with that. Manchester just ignored everything and had all this room. So Leeds United, they're trying to find some space for a training ground that size. There isn't just that big area of ignored land because Leeds have some pride in our city and we try to build (laughs) things there that are nice and are better than what was there before and not just leave it derelict and horrible so that people hate living there and hate themselves and we and we end up suffering for it in some ways you know if we just had fucking mile after mile of empty deserted mancunian landscape to build on <laughs> well, maybe, we, maybe we no could, problem maybe we could put it in wakefield town center then. <laughs> if we, there's a big area there that needs bulldozing absolutely fine i do wonder if um if thorpe arch might be the eventual solution because there is the one bit of um the one training pitches you go in has got this kind of the ability to build houses there is kind of tacitly agreed and I think there's an option to buy that pitch but the rest of it belongs to the landlord and there is enough I think because it's a greenbelt site and with the amount of housing that's going on Thorpark trading estate and areas around there have kind of housing proposals on and Thorpark the training ground isn't included in any sort of housing proposal because it's greenbelt and it's supposed to be protected and that's like the one bit and if they build houses on that pitch, it kind of squares off the area and it becomes neat. It was never part of the buyback, was it, the first team pitch? No. And then it, it sort of completes, a, at the moment, it looks like, on the aerial view, it's like there's an area of housing with a pitch in it. And if you got rid of the pitch, then it just becomes an area of housing. And if you started building extensions to that, you're, kind of, you're going over a bit of a boundary. But to the north and the south, there is just fields and then a railway line and a road and these kind of natural boundaries where 
I think if you were to, to arrange with whoever owns that land and then go to the, the council and say, well, we're, we're extending an existing yeah. sports facility in the green belt, there's probably scope there to expand and get close to the size of something like uh, Leicester. And the principle is there, of, well, there's already a training ground there, so it's just going to be a bit bigger. What's it going to impact? Well, it's just going to go Farmland. closer to a road. And yeah. there's the river there, isn't it? Maybe not the railway line, I'm getting confused. So there's not a... And then if you look over the road, there's a fucking prison. So it's not actually that nice as a general area. You're not building it on a... It's not an area of outstanding natural beauty or anything. And what will it be? Well, it will still be grass. and yeah, It'll still be green from the air, won't it? It's yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, we are spending a fortune on Thorpe Arch as well. Like the, There's obviously a lot of work has, has gone on there since Bielsa arrived and continues well, so it, to go on there. It looks like now the pitch. So the first team pitch, you've seen it on the cameras when they show the under-23 games because you can see the houses in the background. So it looks like the one of the pitches closer to the actual main buildings is getting turned into like the same as Ellen Road because they seem to be digging it all out and putting mm. the sand layers in and the... That, uh, that drainage layer and all that's maybe that becomes the first team pitch in future I don't know and maybe they're future proofing for that land you I mean, know being, not being available the unknown of it I guess is that part of the idea of moving to Leeds was that it makes it much easier for youth players to get here so whether or not they have because there's nothing to stop you splitting it I don't think is there to have a an academy base within Leeds and then you, the park first life, team park life but yeah. then the first team all out in the nice posh bit of Leeds where they can all now afford to live because they're earning Premier League wages. And even then, if you went back to the original Howard Wilkinson vision of it, and I don't know how relevant this still is, but the buildings that we sold that are now, uh, you drive past them. To is that the Grange or, or the, the barn? Or the barn. One the barn them. is what they now train in, the right. indoor kind of um, gym facility thing and the indoor pitches. The Grange was, um, I think it was an old, it was either an old school or like an orphanage. And they extended it and it became a residential facility for young footballers. So players like Jonathan Woodgate and Steve McPhail, there's that video of Alan Smith in his bunk bed where he's got Liverpool posters on his wall because he lived at Thorpe Arch and they went to school at Boston Grammar um, or Boston High on the afternoons. But that was, they just lived football all the time. So it didn't matter where they lived. And if we hadn't sold that, it could have been uh, the whole thing about Ronaldo Vieira having to get six buses to go to training and stuff is irrelevant because he lives at Thorpe Arch and it's a different thing. And I don't know whether that's something that is that you bring back and is still relevant, but the facility that Bielsa's, uh, Mrs. Bielsa designed and built and um, uh, Marcelo paid for at Newell's Old Boys is like that. It's a, it's a hotel for the kids to live in while they're learning in the Newell's Academy and they sleep underneath Newell's Old Boys bedspreads and everything was... Um, beautifully done out like a dream of a, a teenager's bedroom if you're a, a Newell's fan. So whether that's a way around it, if you bring back the residential aspect or just buy a minibus. Because <laughs> even even if it was... I um, think of the fuel and... Even if it was moved to Matthew Murray and the idea is that it's much easier for the Ronaldo Vieiras and the Calvin Phillips to get home, if it's after school training and they finish at like nine o'clock, you're not saying to 10-year-old Calvin Phillips, right, Walk home from here, can't you? It's only <laughs> Holbeck to Wortley. It'll be all right. Leeds has famously integrated public transport as well. Like exactly. you, you just have to get you just have to get one bus that goes via the white roads that takes you to the centre, then another bus which is forty minutes after back home. Lovely stuff. I'm just getting caught up on the idea of living in a little flat near Thorpe Arch now. And you're talking about these these boys when they were up there, like Smith, just living and breathing football. That's really what we do. Well, um, can, uh, can we? Can Howard we Wilkinson do described that? it as. Uh, he described it as a greenhouse for footballers. It's like a 
hothouse environment where it's just constant football. Andre uh, Andre Mostovoy looks like quite a young, bonny young man, doesn't he? From from Russia. Oh, I've got, I've got, some, in. got some Russians here actually. If you want them, I think I've got Aaron Ramsey as well. But oh, yeah, well, I, I'm I, on gave the page. You my, I gave you my Russians. I beg your pardon. Oh, he's no. the one I'm sticking in. I think. Where did the uh, Austria shiny come from? I've got some Austrians. Do you want those? I've got Marco uh, Anatovic. Was he the naughty man who was shouting? Yeah. Let's. Are we even putting him in? Put him in upside, upside down. down. Or yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Michael. Unless you insult his mother. Well, when, when, well, yeah. well, he goes in. We'll we'll make a uh, we'll make a crybaby gesture. Look at um, Olivier Giroud. He's looking noble. Yeah, he's a, he's a good looking man, Giroud. Is he ready to start performing Sandstorm? Yes, there or he is. Is that Olivier Daroud? You've well, you've you've not allowed the listener to join the dots there. You've spelled out the joke, haven't you? Which for me has, has ruined it. But you know, we'll let it slide. It's not like it was a great joke to ruin. No. I've also got I've got some North Macedonians, some of Janny's mates. Oui. I'm not even going to try and pronounce Darko Vel, Velkovsky and Stefan Ristovsky. There we it go. They don't sound that difficult. To they weren't when I got there. When I got there, they were fine. Yeah. How am I ever going to say the word Darko? Florenzi and Barella. Stefan. You can't say Stefan. Stefan Ristovsky. Stefan Dennis. And, and Darko Velkovsky. And I've got uh, Juna Toivir from Finland. I need to do something with Olivier Giroud because he's stressing me out. Just the way he's looking. What number is he? 588. Feels like there's a lot of stickers in that book. Really does. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to finish it, are we? But it's, uh, it'll keep us occupied while the tournament's on, which is another couple of weeks. So when do England play next then? Tuesday the 29th of June at tea time. Against someone. Who do we want to play? Does Some, it even matter? Somebody not very good that won't beat England. Mm, it's going to be Portugal or Germany probably, so. I mean, the idea of being Cristiano Ronaldo holds some appeal. In what sense? Nothing about Cristiano Ronaldo holds any appeal. He's a horrible... It's nice to see him cry, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. If, yeah, if he could play and miss a penalty and insist he takes all his shit free kicks, that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, Germany, there's obviously the historical aspects to all that. France looked far too good to be facing at this stage. So if we could avoid that... Well, that's the thing. Germany hammered them with attacking wing-backs. And what do we tell our attacking wing-backs to do, you'd think. <laughs> Chilwell and uh, Trippier and Walker and all those people could absolutely sprint up and score tons of goals against um If only they'd cross the halfway line. Yeah, so it would be absolutely painful seeing that all set up and then being told to never go out of their own final third. Made the mistake of plotting the route to the final as well, just out of curiosity, which is it always feels like a leap too far with England, but we've had to do it just so we know what we're potentially recording around those fixtures but uh, I mean we will record, we'll continue to do the Euro ball right through to the end of the tournament even if England are out of it and, Oh, it, does it even is there a tournament after England go out I assume it just ends then well that's when we support fucking, Wales much like I'm sure the Welsh will be supporting England fucking uh, England if, fans if, if, if we go out I can't be asked. <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I mean yeah when we get knocked out it's kind of it will be something of a, a relief in some respects I mean, my heart has just jumped at the prospect of pre-season friendlies, I have to confess, because I've seen the one, assuming we're allowed to go, like the Blackburn one. I mean, Fleetwood looks interesting on a Friday night, Seaside Town in late July. Friday night could be Sam, good. Simon Grayson there. Uh, could be good fun. And Ryan Edmondson as well. They'll guarantee everything, everybody's very well behaved. But the idea of Blackburn away as well, that's the Wednesday, isn't it? I think um, Blackburn. Uh, I quite fancy that, because they'll give us plenty of tickets, and I wouldn't put it past like six or 7,000 Leeds fans to make that journey. If they let us do it, they definitely will. I mean, the, the government are now are surely setting a precedent they will not absolutely not change for your average football fan by allowing 
big crowds in for the semis in the final, aren't they, at the Euros? So I look forward to us only being allowed 3,000 people in Ewood Park um, a couple of weeks after that has happened. 3,000 VIPs. Because the people going are just plebs and not in, <laughs> not important people that they want to show off to. And it's not tennis either, which is a, the other reason it's not allowed. Although if you serve strawberries with it, is it? Is that what makes it tennis? Or they've got to hold the, um, the bats and that, haven't they? But you're not far away. So football with strawberries, maybe that'll be allowed. I think that just about covers off everything from uh, from this week, doesn't it? Have we got any more stickers to uh, to shove in the book? I, I, I went big and I opened a third pack there, by the way. So Yeah, I think I had four and I've opened them all. I'm sticking in... <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, I'm going for another one. I'm sticking we'll, Juna Toivio into Finland. Well, we were, we were going to keep um, keep some back, weren't we? For uh, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to be left out. I won't be deprived. Oh, for fucked. Straight out the pack. Cristiano Ronaldo. Bin it. Burn it. Got a Finland shiny. I've got Rudiger and Julian Brandt, who is someone else I think we were linked to. Ah, Matteo Vidra, who we were almost buying. And then Matthias Jensen. Oh, this is this is a strong pack. I've got a strong pack here. I've got two Italians. Uh, sorry, Frenchmen, rather. Uh, Musa Soko and um, Adrian Rabio. Have, have we got him already? Yeah, the old, robot spinning. No robot, yeah. Uh, Matthias Delight. Licked, liked, licked. He's got quite. He's got very small features for his head, as Mateus. Look, is that? Look at that. Very compact face. Uh, he, you're being a bit harsh. He's got a perfectly. He's got a perfectly respectable face. No, it's fine. I'm just. It just. Just an observation. Uh, and then I've got um, the Wales group shot, which is Leeds United's Harry Wilson, Gareth Bale, Tyler. Uh, doesn't appear to be there. Absolute disgrace. Doesn't appear to be there. And I've got two England players on a, one of those vertical split ones. Uh, Mason Mount, currently diseased and isolating. And Irishman Declan Rice. So. Yes, he, he caught Scottish, didn't he? Uh, that did make me laugh, by the way, that because they were caught on camera uh, chatting and embracing or whatever it was in the, in the tunnel area, that they had to isolate. But because there was no evidence or nobody could remember uh, other Scots players um, cuddling, which one was it that was that was the... It's little, uh, little Billy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, that was it, wasn't it? Cause so nobody saw any other Scots players uh, cuddling him or anything. They don't have to isolate. <laughs> Madness, isn't it? The whole thing feels a little bit made up, doesn't it? But uh, COVID. Oh Christ! No, the rules. <laughs> the whole thing just feels made up. All right, Lawrence. <laughs> this is where the this is where the big money is. We've seen the way the grift goes on this. GB News podcast at the squareball.net. I'll uh, I'll be in touch. <laughs> hey, speaking of COVID and Ellen Road, I do get back in slightly sooner because my second jab's been moved forward. Uh, by a couple of weeks. It was due on the 23rd. Are you, are you hoping to have yours done on the pitch or something? Just in the centre circle? There is no centre circle at the minute, is it? It's That's very true. It's currently sand, so I'll let them finish that before I start making my demands on uh, getting inside the stadium. But it is nice. I mean, I know we do record in the shadow of Ellen Road, but it is nice every time we see it and go close to it. And it just feels like, I don't know, another step towards getting back in the stadium and, uh, and normality and all the rest of it. So uh, that'll be fun. I got the Czech Republic shiny. I don't know if that makes me a, a traitor to the nation or something, but it's, uh, it is what it is. It's a lion rampant, isn't it? It's basically Chelsea's mm. badge. <laughs> and a red Republic. background. But exactly how we've always dreamed. If only the, the Chelsea badge was red, then I would like them more. Oh, we're doing some more child trafficking. We forgot to mention that. The under-23s recruitment. 17-year-old uh, Leo Hjeld. Uh, Hjelde, I mean, apologies to our Norwegian listeners. He's at Celtic. Is They're it? all at Celtic. Oh, yeah. This is a full north of the border range. Uh, what do I mean? I don't Raid. mean rage. Raid. Raid. Yes, we're getting the new Van Dyke and also the new Kieran Tierney. And I don't know if, if everybody at Celtic is just the new whoever. The new John Hartson might be available or something. The new, uh, I can't. Alan can't Thompson. 
did Frank McAvenny play for? <laughs> stop, stop it. No. Stop making the old references. <laughs> the young'uns are switching off, Moscow. The young'uns are switching off. Well, listen, I don't know about you, what you're doing this afternoon. I'm off to do some Jackie Harrison-style uh, workouts for the camera. What were you doing? You're, you're, um, you're off doing a pervade, aren't you, around, around Hyde Park, Moscow? <laughs> Get down the brood now, do some grinding. <laughs> and then you, Michael? Playing golf. Honestly. It's nice very, day, isn't it? The, uh, the Harry Redknapp approach to pre-season training. <laughs> Hey, well, listen, thanks for uh, for hanging out with us on the Euro Ball. We'll do some more in a bit when there's some more stuff to talk about. And um, in the meantime, have a look at the uh, the summer special. That's on pre-order on the website at the minute and uh, discounts there for that if you are a uh, TSB Plus member. So have a look at the squareball.net. You might, plus. you might think all this sticker talk is uh, nonsense, but there's a, a Victor Orter interview in there, What I Did, and it's basically just all about stickers. Yeah, it's not about his recruitment or anything. No, I didn't just... ask him a single question about transfers. I couldn't give less of a fuck. I wanted to know <laughs> about his sticker collection circa 1986. So it's um, it's great because it is what it is. <laughs> Thanks for the big sell there, Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I realised, I mean, I can't say it's that good because I wrote it. So it's a bit, you know, oh, the wonderful thing that I wrote. But he's very good in it. And I feel like I have faithfully um, communicated the good things that he said. Excellent. Look forward to reading it. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 